What's going on, everybody? This is Austin Creed back on the Sheep Get Sheared podcast. Shout out to everybody for being in here, being involved, being active. I appreciate it. Welcome to the show. So today's episode, I got a lot for you. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible without ruining the experience for anybody or not getting my point across. So you'll have to bear with me. So I don't know if any of you have heard about the Dalai Lama recently. I actually had a decent amount of respect for the Dalai Lama, and I still hold a lot of respect for Eastern traditionalism and spiritualism, but this is something I can't ignore. So we're going to talk about the Dalai Lama, then his controversy, we're going to talk a little bit about religion and the world and how it's changed, we're going to talk about separation of church and state, especially in the United States, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Marxism and how religion ties into all of it. And why you're seeing the trends you're seeing. Again, this is Austin Creed. This is the Sheep Get Your Podcast. Alright, let's roll the intro and get, get started with the show. So I mentioned the Dalai Lama a couple seconds ago. Now, I'm looking at CNN. Uh, I don't know if any of you have heard about the Dalai Lama. For those of you who don't know who he is, he is a Tibet head of religion. He is a very well-known... So they refer to him as His Holiness. The Dalai Lama is a pretty well-known leader. Like I'll look up and tell you exactly what the definition is. I don't want people being out here telling me I'm making stuff up. So let me go and find let me let me look this up real quick. Look up his official title. The Dalai Lama is a title given by the the, the um by the Tibet people. The the infamous spiritual leader of the oh god I don't know how to pronounce this the Jilug or Yellow Hat School of Tibetan Buddhism so he's a Buddhist title religious leader okay now let's get back to what this is CNN I'm reading CNN the Dalai Lama has apologized over a video emerging of him showing him on live video saying to a child suck my tongue in an event in northern india <laughs> can you i'm sorry this isn't this isn't meant to be funny but can you imagine if this was a catholic priest a catholic priest said something like this or uh a jewish rabbi says something like this can you imagine or an imam says something like this can you imagine the outcry can you imagine what they'd be saying, especially if you were Catholic? Now, this is what CNN says in reaction to this. It says, <clears throat> let, me, let me get my voice correct. His holiness often teases people. He beats in order to be, uh, be innocent and playful, even in a public and before the cameras, he says. Um, the apology from the Dalai Lama comes after a video of his exchange went, wa- went viral after he... After he was seen now he's a Nobel Peace Prize winner by the way 
And this young boy is seen approaching him before asking, can I hug you? Now, seems pretty innocent, right? I mean, I always sure think so, until you realize what happens next. The 87-year-old spiritual leader then invites the boy on stage and points to his cheek and says, first here, prompting the boy to give him a hug and a kiss. Then, then, the Dalai Lama points his lips and says, then I think finally here also. He says, pulls the boy's chin and kisses him on the mouth. And suck my tongue, he says, after a few seconds, poking his tongue out. I'm speechless. And I'm in the business of speaking. <laughs> I, I have never seen anything like this. My friends, what do you even say to something like this? An 87-year-old man asking a young child to suck his tongue. Now, I don't even care if this is a joke. It's not funny. Not a laughing matter. N not, a, not acceptable behavior. This is disgusting. It's perverted. And I'm disgusted by this. CNN is covering for him. Fair use to CNN. This is disgusting. Why are they covering for this man? You can't wiggle your way out of something like that. You don't recover from something like that. I, I don't know who you think you are that you can just skid by this and act like, Oh, it was just a joke, man. <laughs> don't get, like, get all bent out of shape. It was just a joke. No, I don't think so. Now, speaking of religion, it can be very polarizing. So I wanted to bring up some statistics. Now, this is according to the Pew Research Center, Fair Use. This is a demographic study based on the analysis of more than 2,500 census, census, uh, censuses. Wow, that's a weird word. Surveys and population registries. They find that there are 2.2 billion Christians, which would make up 32% of the world's population. We got 1.6 billion Muslims, which is 23%. 1 billion Hindus, which is 15%. And nearly 500 million Buddhists and 14 million Jews. So 7% are Buddhists and 0.2% are Jews. Now... Now, granted, this is taken in 2010, but this is very significant because if you look at the study, this there's more to it than just that. Folk religions are nearly six percent, and then they have other as a 0.8 percent. They're only 0.2 percent Jews. 14 million using their numbers. Now, my family is Jewish. And th this is shocking. I didn't realize that we were so underrepresented. I I'm shocked by this. Now, I was raised Christian. But this is just shocking to me. And then you have unaffiliated as 16.3%. Which...
I'm assuming is either A means you're atheist, or you're a Marxist, or a communist. I, I don't know what you are. I would assume you're a communist, or you're President Z of China, or I, I don't know. I don't know who you are. But this is just unbelievable. Muslims are rising in population. Christians are Christians are going under. Hindus are rising. Unaffiliated is going through the roof. As the Christian numbers are dropping. Dropping like the temperature. It's unbelievable. Oh, and then look at this. They have a demographic distribution. Now this is interesting. It says three quarters of the religiously unaffiliated also live in a massive and populous Asian Pacific region, which is where the vast majority are Hindus, Buddhists, and folk or traditional religions, which I would assume are more polytheistic religions or spiritualism, something that's not a reformed religion. Now you may be asking, what, what the hell is, why are we talking about this? Why is this relevant? I'll, I'll give you a little context to why I'm bringing this up and why I think it's important. So I'm in college. One of my classes in government a couple of days ago, my teacher brought up a very interesting point. She said that we, as Christians, need to be more proactive in politics, government, media, etc. And we need to make sure that our values are not compromised and that we don't separate the two because if you're from America, you really, you know that there is a there's a famous line that the especially the atheists like to use by the way. It's separation of church and state, which is the equivalent of what the constitution says when it says that the government shall not re the government shall not mandate an official religion or show favor to any single religion they don't not directly tell you that you cannot interweave politics and religion they just say that you can't demand that the populace believe in a single religion or outlaw another religion that's a very important distinction. Because people like to, to cite the First Amendment. And they like to make sure that everybody knows, Oh, no politics, no interference with politics and church. When, if you follow, if you are religious to any extent, you cannot sit here and tell me that the two do not interlap. They do. It's unavoidable. Whether you're Jewish and you follow kosher, the Old Testament, the 12 books of Moses, and you know that they're very direct of what you can and can't do, whether it's eat, whether it's marriage, whether it's anything. Now, Christians are a little more lax on this, but Orthodox Jews are very particular about this. But even when it comes to more traditionalist Christians, whether you want to call them evangelical Christians or you want to call them uh, Catholics, Protestants, there are slight deviations, but the general principle is the same. The general principle is we follow the Bible, and whether it's the Old Testament or New Testament, there are very 
specific rules as to how you should operate your life, what you should do, how you should act, how you should treat people, etc. And there's no way for you to separate that from politics. Now, some people still try to do it, but you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to keep the two intertwined. You can't just have the two be separate. In fact, Thomas Jefferson says that specifically. He talks about this. Thomas Jefferson, founding father, for those of you who may have forgotten, you know, after his statue was uh, attacked, defiled, and uh, along with all the others, you know, BLM likes to destroy things. And But a lot of domestic terrorists now don't jump to conclusions. You wouldn't want to call a wolf a wolf or say that he's wearing sheep's clothing or anything like that. You know, no, no, you don't want to be a bigot. You wouldn't want to be a bigot, would you? No, no, of course not. No, 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 we don't want to do that. Anyways, Thomas Jefferson makes a good point about this. He's one of the wisest of the Founding Fathers. He's my personal favorite, by the way. And before you want to jump to conclusions, no, I am not a fan that he held slaves. Slavery, I don't want to even go into it. It's not important to the conversation. We're not going to go into it. Oh, let's look. Thomas Jefferson's letter to the Denbury Baptists. Now, this is from the Library Library of Congress now. I'm going to read this portions of this letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it's dated January 1st, 1802. Thomas Jefferson. Alright, you ready for this? He says, He believed that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and God. That he owes account to none other than his faith or his worship. That the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declares that their legislature shall make no law representing an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. Now that is where they get this line from in the First Amendment. That is exactly where they get that from. His idea is exactly what they were running from because there was such persecution between the Catholics and the Protestants back in the day, especially in England and in Western Europe. Now, you may be asking why this is important. It's important because that line has been breached. And not by the Christians, not by the Muslims, not by the Jews... Not by the Hindus, not by the Buddhists, but by the Marxists. Now, why do I say a thing like that? Because Marxism erases the line of church and state and makes it the church is the state. Karl Marx believed that religion was the opium of the masses. One of his most famous quotes he's ever said was, Religion is the opium of the people or the masses. He was not a fan of religion, thus he took God off the totem pole and made the government the closest thing to God that you can get. Which then means, by extension, that if you are in charge of said government, you are God. Now, he doesn't say that directly, 
But using, you can deduce from what he said that if you take God out of the equation, the closest thing you can get to God is, gov is government. Government is the closest thing you'll ever get. It's the most power that people can hold. Thus, why do you think that in communism, there's always one person at the top or one party at the top with the chairman being on top of the party? And they act like they're a god with complete control over everyone, everything, every aspect of life. That is why. Because there is no God. God is the state. The state should solve every problem. It's a very materialistic philosophy. Now, if you know anything about philosophy, you'll know there are physicalists, non-physicalists. Marxism is materialistic in nature. And it says that there is no God and the ideas above and independence of nature is the biggest idea of God. They, are, they mean to tell everybody that there is no God. There is only government. Now, it doesn't answer a lot of the, pro the questions that people often associate with religion, whether it be, why do I exist? Why does the world exist? Why do bad things happen? What happens when you die? You know, questions such as that. They don't care so much about that. They would take the more Darwinian approach of natural selection and whatnot, which I'm not necessarily opposed to at all, by the way. I think there's a lot of wisdom to be found in that, and I think you can observe it every day if you pay attention to nature itself, where the strong survive and the weak don't. Now, democracy tries to curb that, but you can't reverse nature itself. But that is not to say that government is then God, or the person who is in charge of said government is God. Now, whether it's the Dalai Lama talking about wanting kids to suck his tongue, be it joke or otherwise, which I am not sold on it being a joke at all, mind you. Or whether it's the fact that atheism is rising while Christianity is falling. And people are turning to orthodox religions, very fundamentalist views. It's all part and parcel of the same problem. With people are looking for solutions. They are tired of the lukewarm. They are tired of the same lukewarm garbage. They're, they're tired of... People having it both ways. They're tired of all of it. They're tired of the frauds. They're tired of the molesters. They're tired of the people in religion who use it as religion incorporated, as a piggy bank to funnel money, or to exploit people. That's what they're sick of. And that's why they turn to Marxism, socialism, communism. They say, well, God clearly ain't doing much, so we're going to bring in the government and give them God's job and maybe they'll do a better job. I think that's the dumbest thing you could ever imagine considering that man, if you believe in Christianity, is made in the image of God. So why the heck would you take people who merely bear the image that are not actually God and give them God-like powers and expect them to do any better than God himself? I don't know how in the world you could ever come to that conclusion. Plus, 
Marxism tends to be also very nihilistic, by the way. With nothing mattering. It's... Religion is under attack, especially Christianity in America. Now, the Christians have really brought it upon themselves, too, by the way. I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm not letting them off the hook. I, myself... I've questioned Christianity quite a bit because the churches today are horrible places for men, especially young men. Now, I bring up the example of the rams in my allegory of the sheep or the allegory of the pasture because the rams, the young men, are the future of any country with the young women being not far behind. But it's not the young women, but more the middle-aged women who have sons and daughters who dictate the future. But the young men want guidance. And the church used to be a place where they would receive this guidance. Not anymore. Now, they're taught basically to be very pacifistic, very non-confrontational, very feminist. It's not what men like. They listen to guys like Andrew Tate. They listen to guys on the dark side, if you want to call it, of the internet. And because they want masculinity. They realize that their pastors are basically telling them what their mom is telling them and they don't want to hear that. They don't want their pastor talking like their mom. They don't want them being told, oh yeah, get married, my marriage is great. Meanwhile, the divorce rate's through the roof and feminism has never been more popular. Religion is under attack from within by picking and choosing what we keep, what we don't keep, what we want, what we don't want, what's old and old and be, you know, behind the times. We want to get rid of it, throw it out, replace it with something else. And you create this Frankenstein that religion was never meant to be. In my illustration of the allegory, that I, I'll bring it up one more time. There's two shepherds. There's the little shepherd boy, and then there's the older, gruff, experienced shepherd. The experienced, the good shepherd, is God. The little boy shepherd is the government. But the government's a lot more involved in the everyday life than God is. Because the government's always trying to extort you. Take from you. That's what taxes are, by the way. Especially if you live in California. Where they take exorbitant amounts of state tax. And the, and the roads are still broken. And the bums are in the streets. But we'll ignore that for two seconds. I just... I want... Well, if you're a pastor listening to the show. Or... You go to church and you're listening to the show and you're very involved with your church. You go to church. I, I want you to really challenge yourself and say, why do I believe what I believe? Is my belief system truly rooted in the Bible? Or have I been kind of living a lie? Am I taking this opium that Marx talks about? He didn't just make this up for no reason. There is truth to the statement. As much as I hate to actually admit that, there's a lot of truth to it. 
and I hate the fact that it's true to an extent. You want faith. You don't want blind faith. I talk about that in my forthcoming book, The Biblical Bachelor, where I talk about men, especially young single men, and what it's like to be a young single man, and how you're almost very pushed aside in the church because you're not married. And if you open your mouth about anything that I talk about when it comes to feminism, against how women are becoming more men and men are becoming more women, you are ostracized. You are dis treated with disdain. It's horrible. And I'm sick of it. That's, and then they complain about why men aren't, especially young men, are, are walking away from church. It's because they're being treated like garbage and you expect them to stick around. I'm sick of it. And I want people to hear me. Because I don't want religion to die. I don't want it to be my generation that sees religion going down the drain. The churches being emptied out and the mosques filling up. I don't want to see this anymore. I think it's depressing and horrible. Anyways. That is... That, my friends, is what I wanted to talk about on the show today. About religion. If you have any thoughts, feel free to leave them in the Patreon. I set up a Patreon for the show. It's Sheep Get Sheared on the Patreon. And it's linked. It should be linked in my um, Patreon. If you look on them, go Patreon and look at Sheep Get Sheared, you'll find it. I would love to. I've set up a poll over there if you want to have your let your voice be heard. What topics you care about that you want me to talk and discuss more, I am totally open to it. I got a big mouth, love to talk, love to do research. So if you want your voice to be heard, head over to the Patreon. I will be more than happy to listen to what you got to say. Because I'm always looking to, for new ways to improve the show. Anyways, I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day. I will be here again very soon to discuss more news, views, and reviews. Till next time, it's Austin Creed. Have a great rest of your day, guys.